0: While you're doing that, actually, I'm going to just say something just to explain something. Because um, Emma asked a question earlier, and, and, or just, not you really asked a question, just sort of said something, and it just made me think, actually, no, I maybe just need to explain something. So while you're finding um, Matthew 26, um, verse 17, if you want to be really specific, we, we used to take our communion um, directly after our singing, generally. And um, and I've kind of moved it more recently to after the message. And you may think, why? Why is that happening? Or maybe you, you didn't even notice. Um, and maybe if you're relatively new, you didn't even realise. But I think um, there's something about having... We talked last week about sacrament... And Reg gave us all the the different sacraments that are are named in the Catholic Church. And one of them is the sacrament of the word, the the speaking and the preaching of of God's word. And I think there's something about speaking God's word which, even if the message isn't about communion itself, brings an explanation to why we're doing what we're doing, if that makes sense. Otherwise, if we do it the other way around... Not that we don't know what we're doing, but it can be just something that is just... hasn't been explained yet. So every time we, we hear the word of God, it's something that actually then gives meaning and... Signif- and, and so explanation and, and meaning to what we're doing as we break bread together, if I mean. it, That may not make sense, but that's just the, the, the reason why. <laughs> so I thought I wanted to explain that um, so that we think, oh, OK, maybe there's a purpose to that. Um, take it or leave it but i think you'll find in actually most traditional churches that's the order of things as well and sometimes it's a good idea to not necessarily throw the baby out of the (laughs) bathwater. so anyway um i'm going to be talking today about communion again and i'm going to be talking about preparation preparation for communion taking communion we don't wonder, could I just have my glass of water there, please? Thank you. It's just hiding behind the piano. Underneath the piano. Um, You've probably, if you have been uh, uh, the cooker of a meal, a big meal, maybe even you think this every time we have feasts together, or if you make a Sunday roast, um, if you're the one who's done that, how, how long does it take to generally to put together a Sunday roast? Anyone want to give me a two hours yeah, two good two hours depends what the meat is yeah if it was me if if you're saying two hours and if I was doing it it would be at least three I think just because i would have an hour of faff beforehand <laughs> just to and then reading the recipe 400 times um and and sometimes you know Christmas dinner can take days of planning right you know th- these meals and then how long does it take to eat it 15 minutes, goodness, you're, you're slow in your family, but yeah, yeah, 15 minutes, um, if you've got teenagers, it's usually quicker, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they seem to just sort of consume it quickly, apart from Gabriella, Gabriella always chews her food well, um, so yeah, so that's, preparation is an interesting thing, isn't it, we all kind of, oh goodness, this has taken a long time and then it goes in 15 minutes, anyway, let's read Matthew 26, we're talking about preparation today. So this is, remember, going back to the story, Jesus is taking this, this meal together with his disciples and they're celebrating Passover, which was an annual feast in the Jewish calendar. And, um, and Daniel and I were just talking about uh, this the other day, just the Passover meal and the various different bits and pieces. So this isn't just a meal where you just put a bit of toast in the toaster and it pops up in 30 seconds and, and there you go, that's the meal. There's a lot of preparation that went into this. And, um, and so the disciples say to Jesus, where do you want us to make preparations to eat the Passover? And actually, the disciples soon realise, you, if you know this story, that Jesus has mysteriously done the preparation kind of himself and has kind of either supernaturally or maybe just had a word in someone's ear earlier, but just either way, he set it up so that there's a man that they meet and then they go and they, up and they find the room and, and then they go. But nevertheless, they do end up still preparing, the disciples preparing the Passover themselves. So Jesus has done a bit of the work ahead of them and kind of set it up. And probably, I, I, I always just think Jesus is probably thinking, they're going to like this. You know, there's a guy and he's, yeah, anyway. But um, so they prepare the Passover and, and, and then, as we know, they, they share the meal together. Now, I don't know if you realise, but just with any meal, whenever people get together to worship, whether it's here now or 2,000 years ago, whether it was in a temple back in those days, there's some preparation that needs to be done. Did you realise? So songs need to be chosen. They, they aren't just pre-programmed. on. A, we don't just press a random selection button and they appear on the screen. We, we choose songs. Words are considered. Um, depending on what kind of church you're in liturgies are written services are ordered food is prepared sacrifices are chosen hands are washed utensils are cleansed furniture is arranged if you know the room is different on a f- f- food bank Friday to a sun- service Sunday so we uh, rearrange the chairs um, rooms are made ready hearts, hearts are, and minds hopefully are focused Prayers are hopefully prayed. Hopefully, the spirit is sought. That's some of the preparation that goes whenever people worship together. And so, worshiping together, eating together, this is a similar kind of thing. Preparation is involved. It's always always been the way. But we live in a culture, do we not? And I found myself doing this uh, this morning because I was in a rush. I literally, it's like the toaster is too slow. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's just put the bread in and, like, a minute later, come on, toaster. You know, get turn it up to 11 or something to, to get it to go faster. We want fast food. We want ready meals. Just add water kind of mentality. Microwave it for two minutes. Two minutes is too long. You know, it's just taking too long. And so we try and... In fact, actually, the modern world, what does it do? It tries to reduce our preparation time, doesn't it? Yeah, so we can just get it from Tesco's in a packet, put it in the microwave two minutes later, we have food, we're, ha- we're happy. We've come to sort of think that preparation time is almost like dead time, a waste of time. And that's how we are with food. Maybe the same could be said about our worship, maybe. I, I want to ask the question, how much time do we, on the whole give to preparing ourselves to to, to worship, to sing praise, to encourage one another, to hear from God, to minister in the spirit, um, to eat the Lord's Supper together. Um, How much time do we do that? I don't know. I'll leave that question hanging with you. Because the thing is about preparation can bring us to a deeper involvement and a deeper engagement with what's going on. If anyone has taught a lesson, anyone, we've got a couple of teachers here, Amongst us, Uh, you know, if you've ever had to 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 give a lesson, who you know, let me just I'll say to Reg, can you do 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 some teaching on prayer? And Reg is probably thinking, oh my goodness, what I do? So he'll have to go home and do what? Do some study, and guess who'll learn more? The person who's sitting listening to Reg later, or Reg himself? (laughs) Reg, because he's done the preparation. Somebody will sit and listen to him for fifteen minutes, go, "Mm, yeah, that was all right, and then move on. They might take away one or two things, but Reg is been studying all week thinking oh no I've got to talk about prayer next week and and so therefore he will be the one who it goes in really the preparation does something to us so I wonder how prepared we are to eat communion each week do we come hungry and thirsty to eat the body and blood of Christ do we come ready to remember do we come prepared to be renewed in the covenant? that he has made with us. And if, if I'm honest, our, our what we would call, we, we don't think we have a liturgy, but generally we do the same thing each week. That's why I had to explain our change in liturgy. But basically we do, we sing some songs, we give the notices, somebody stands up and talks, usually me, we, we share communion and we sing a song. That's, that's our liturgy, whether you like it or not. Uh, it's not written down, but that's the way it is. But I, I wonder whether... There's a weakness in some of that because in a, in a more formal liturgy, in a traditional church, there'll be time for confession and there'll be time for, for uh, preparing yourself to take communion in quite a, a set way, which actually can be quite helpful because many, we do sing a song, by the way, come now's the time to worship, just as you are to worship, meaning you can come in. And, and I think that's true. But maybe within church, we need to find a way in the way we do things to actually give time for people within the service to prepare, to meet and receive Christ. I'm just I'm throwing these things out for us to think about. I'm not saying we have to have a, a set liturgy, but just let's just think about these things. I'm going to read to you from First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven. Uh, this is some directions that the Apostle Paul gave to the church around communion, and I think it speaks a little bit to. Um, to how we, we can prepare. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. And it says this, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. Ooh, that sounds heavy. I think these verses, they challenge our preparation. See, nobody wants to drink uh, the cup in an unworthy manner. Nobody wants to be guilty of the, concerning the body and blood of Christ, right? No? So it says, let the person examine themselves. And I think that examination is part of the preparation before we eat together. So what does that mean? Because I think actually this has been misunderstood by many people. So I'm going to talk first of all about what this isn't, okay? And then I'll talk about what this is. Because it says, examine yourself. What that isn't about, I don't think is some introspective kind of like moping around inside ourselves, telling ourselves how bad we are, how worthless we are, how, you know, putting ourselves down. And, and it gets to the extreme, and I've encountered people like this, where, where it gets to the point where you look at yourself and you think of yourself so bad or so dirty or so sinful, you can't take communion. Um, and so the examination gets to a point where we start to exclude ourselves or think ourselves just not right. And if you get to that point where you examine yourself and you think, I'm not worthy, to take communion, you've kind of missed the point. Because the message of Jesus is grace. The message of Jesus is forgiveness. The whole point of communion is that it's a renewing to us of a covenant where he does the forgiving. He does the accepting, no matter who you are. How bad you've been. All can take this. We all desperately need it. This is why Jesus says, drink this, all of you. He doesn't say, drink this, all of you, if you've kind of not been too bad this week (laughs) because hands up who hasn't been too bad this week and who's been all right who's been downright rotten i mean who's we yeah drink this all of you is vital so but i don't think it is what this is about if you read this in context what this is about is a self-examination it's bringing yourself before god and saying to yourself and before god how am i with these people around me how am I doing with these people? How am I with the body of Christ? Am I treating these people around me as they should be treated, as family? Am I operating in forgiveness towards these people around me? Am I seeking the health of my family and my body, the body of Christ? Am I seeking to serve them and prefer them in love? Am I seeking to to care for those around me? Am I seeking to keep everything in love to the people around me? Because if not, then actually this doesn't really make sense. I'm saying I'm sharing this with you, but actually I can't stand the sight of you. (laughs) Yeah that doesn't make sense so that is the thing if the, the problem in the Corinthian church they were just all separated and segmented and some were eating on their own and some were having to go without because the, all the food had gone and, and Paul's saying no, no 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 you've missed the point this isn't what this is about so examine yourselves sort yourselves out sort yourselves out and then take communion <laughs> make things right with people And that might take a bit of confession. It might take a bit of repentance. It might take a bit of bridge building. It might take just a bit of getting rid of those judgmental attitudes and sort of thinking, "Mm, those people. And going back to liturgies, no doubt, if any of you come from an Anglican background, no doubt this is why, before communion, we offer the peace to one another. If you haven't been to an Anglican service, just before communion, people get up, and if they don't know what they're doing, they're a little bit awkward. And they kind of go, peace be with you. And then they own also with you. And then that's a, it's a very awkward handshake if you, if, if you don't... And, and, and then you move on to somebody else and you say, but if we understand what we're doing, this is a real blessing. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And also with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Because I want to be at peace with my brothers and my sisters, right? Because otherwise... I'm guilty of the drinking this in an unworthy manner and eating this in an unworthy manner. So this examination of ourselves, I think it's about the body. It's about us and the body. So it make this a self-examination with your eyes open because sometimes we tend to think, oh, I need to just sort myself out, sort my heart out. And you close your eyes, scrunch your eyes up. Mm. But actually, what I need to be looking around thinking... How me and Bryony? You know, how are we getting on? Okay, you no, know, we're, we're good. We're good. We're, we're peaceful. How, how's me and Keith getting on? Yeah, yeah. Things are good. Well, maybe, maybe I just need to just make myself right with Keith and just say, Keith, love you. Peace be with you. Yeah? Maybe th- something's been awkward. I don't know. By the way, it hasn't. You know, we're, P- Keith and I are good. We're, we're all right. But um, that, that's the kind of thing. It's not just an internal thing. It's actually a very external thing because we're sharing in the body of Christ together. So the second thing about preparation I just want to mention today, I'm sure there's lots we could talk about this. These are, these are preparations in our heart, by the way. Um, is going back to Matthew 26. Um, I think it's good to check our sincerity in our response to Jesus and, and the forgiveness he gives us. Because in Matthew 26, there's a shocking moment around the table. So this is in verse 21. They're eating together. And, and it says, as they were eating together... He said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to one another, is it I, Lord? And I challenge us as we gather together to take communion, to stop and hear those words. Imagine that. We don't often try to think of things like that. But here we are. Church, we love one another. We've just said that. You know, everything's, We're just a unified body in Christ. And we love one another. We're family. And then Jesus says to us, one of you will betray me. So how do we respond to that? Now, you might be the kind of person, and I'm that kind of person, if I'm honest, we tend to look around the room and think, hmm, I wonder who it is. Yeah, I think it might be Daniel, you know, whatever, you know, uh, um, yeah if that's you and that kind of attitude go back to step one and start to discern the body yeah and start to say peace be with you to everybody around you you know because we just need to go back and that bit of preparation needs to be done again you know because if i'm looking around the room thinking hmm i think it might be john then i need to just kind of work on my love towards john and my, my judgment towards him and sort of say because actually this is a sort of where am i at with this Where is there unfaithfulness in my heart towards, to, to Christ? Um, and uh, let me just come before Jesus and say, okay, humbly, I know I am unfaithful. Surely not I, Lord. Yeah, help me. Help me, Lord. Lord, have mercy on me. Because as we come together to this table, know this, that actually Jesus still shared this meal with Judas, the ultimate betrayer. Yeah? And in fact, all the disciples, they ran off as well. Not to the same degree as Judas, but they all scattered pretty quickly. Yet Jesus, knowing that, he still ate the meal with them. He still offered them the covenant. He still extended the love and the grace and the forgiveness to them. So let this sift our hearts and let us take this seriously and and respond to the grace and love of Jesus. So let's share this together together